Pot of Their Own. This is episode 173 of A Pot of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig, and I am joined this week by my lovely co-hosts, Linda Surovich. Hello, Linda. Hey, Allison. And Maggie Wigan. Hello, Maggie. Hi, Allison. So we are recording this on Monday evening, the evening before the trading deadline. And the Mets have made three trades um, since we recorded last week. Uh, so I guess we'll just go through them all. <laughs> Um, the first trade, uh, was David Robertson to the Marlins for infielder Marco Vargas and catcher Ronald Hernandez. Um, Vargas is the real prospect return in this trade. He was in consideration for baseball prospectuses midseason 50 and has been, you know, sort of one of those rising stars. He's like a lot younger. He's in the complex league. Um, but he's kind of seen as a guy that has helium as the prospect guys like to say um obviously for all these prospects that we're talking about you should go listen to from complex to queens they'll have a lot more to say about the prospect return on all these trades than we will um we're just gonna cover the bare bones of it and cry about how much we're gonna miss these Mm -hmm. players um so that's that's the first trade um David Robertson was probably the most likely player to be traded of any guy on the team because he's on an expiring contract and has been really good and high leverage relievers go for high prices uh, on the trade market. I mean, they were able to trade him as a closer, not yes. just as a uh, late inning reliever, yeah. which is what I think ultimately made the price a little more what you'd want to see. Yeah, exactly. Um People who know a lot more about prospects than me say this is a good return, which that's that's fine. Um, David Robertson, I mean, I'm I'm obviously gonna miss watching him play. Like he was he was had a really good season and I really like rooting for him and stuff, but this was something I had like emotionally prepared for. <laughs> um yeah. I had not necessarily prepared emotionally for Max Scherzer being traded. Um, that's what happened next, uh, yesterday, I think. Right, the every day blends together. It was yesterday that actually. No, I think it was. Or is it two days ago? It was Saturday. Saturday. That's right. And it felt like for so long that maybe it just wouldn't happen. Yeah, there seemed to be so many things that would make it hard. Right. Just maybe thought that it wouldn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, it kind of, it didn't come out of nowhere necessarily, but there was a lot more, and still is, I mean. Uh, some there was a lot more smoke around Justin Verlander than Max Scherzer. Um, not that I'd be happy about a Justin Verlander trade either necessarily, but um, I kind of like would have expected that before I would have expected Max Scherzer just because Verlander's the more valuable trade chip of the two has had the better season. Um, but Max Scherzer came first, and this I mean maybe it's you know excessively pessimistic of me but it makes me think that if they traded Scherzer they're going to trade Verlander too because they managed to get a top prospect in return for Scherzer who's not who hasn't had as good of a season as Justin Verlander and they're kind of in the same situation as far as like um money and contract 
situation is concerned. Like they both have another year after this and they're both very highly paid. The Mets would have Mets have to eat a lot of money to get a good prospect back, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I mean, I think, I think there's a decent chance that they don't, uh, if only cause like Phil, like there's some decent pitchers in the off season, which is nice, but it would be really good to only have to sign two of the good ones. Right. Um, and not have to try to rustle up three. I feel like it really does sort of put them in a like, Otani better be at the top of the list sort of situation, which they might be, but also like he is a human being who gets to decide Decide. where he goes. Yeah. And that's scary to me. Um, But like, you know, it's, I think there's reason to keep Verlander around unless somebody overpays and so far so good on the overpays. I mean, I don't care. What Epler says, I just don't see them being competitive next year either way. So, just they have, they have the core position players that are that are really good, and I think it. But are hurt. they? I mean, McNeil's struggling. Marte's struggling. Pete's struggling. <laughs> well, Pete's Pete's well, not this one. Well, then, yeah, Pete rebounded. Probably, probably was his wrist, but I mean, Pete's Pete's Pete, and he is streaky. But you know, there's no like decline here. Yeah, but, I don't know. It just and like you know if. Otani, everybody said, oh, well, Otani has a relationship with Epler. Well, yeah, that works both ways. He saw Epler struggle to build a team around him with the Angels, and now Epler is very publicly having a very public fire sale after spending a ton of money. Excuse me, Linda, it's not a fire sale. (laughs) You said it to the media. (laughs) Oh, sorry, excuse me. It's not a fire sale. of Cohen's money or whatever he's the my it's home. not a fire sale t-shirt has people asking a lot of questions about my shirt it's not a rebuild it's a retool like it, this is like i i mean i, I hate know, listening to him i hate him i so hate much. it i hate it so much like i know like even if in principle what he's saying ends up being true it just like that's that's language i am so sick of hearing that yep. was like what the entire wilpon era was it was like it's not a rebuild it's a retool and it's like that that's is really Sandy alderson that is sandy alderson's voice coming out of billy face yeah i hate it so much like, i do too like i don't know i mean max scherzer being traded was the first indicator to me because it's one thing when they trade their rental players yeah it was the first indicator to me that 2024 is not gonna might not go so well now i'm not saying like i mean i don't know like I initially, my initial like gut reaction, emotional reaction to this was they are punting on 2024. Yeah. I don't know if I can say that yet. That like there are, like Maggie said, there are guys that they can sign up to They're and including Otani. <laughs> Nola is mid. Giolito is mid. You're going to overpay for any of those anyway. And I don't see that rotation competing with the Braves or even the Marlins rotation is stacked. It's hard but to see it. I, if the they trade, is not going to compete with them, especially if they trade both Scherzer 
and Verlander. It's just like that's kind of what push it would push it over the edge to me. Like Maggie said, yeah. it's like it's one thing if you have to find two of those guys. It's another thing if you have to find three of those guys. And that's why I'm so frustrated by this, because it's like you're you're already going to be in a position where you need pitchers in the offseason, yep. even if they didn't trade Max Scherzer or Justin Verlander. They were already going to be in a position where they need to find starting pitching next season. And now it's like a more dire situation. And now it's like, essentially, if you don't get Otani, you're like kind of screwed almost. Well, like, there are other guys, but they assume they're going to get Yamamoto. It's like, you can't assume any of this. I know. That's what I'm frustrated by. Like, why don't you just like bank on the guys you already have? And you don't know that Yamamoto's going to ease in as easily as Konai did. Exactly. Um, I will say, like, I think there's a value to this team getting younger and um, just kind of getting some new vibes in the clubhouse. I don't necessarily know that, like, those would have been the vibes, guys, that I would have gone, like, sent away. But at the same time, like, they're very old. They are very <laughs> and, old. I mean, they're, I, I don't think that, like, what I've seen from Scherzer this year makes me feel especially good like do I think he's gonna outpitch you know Blake Snell next year I don't know like that's it's hard not, to say yeah that's you know I I do I'm a little higher on Verlander though and I think he's gonna be the real test case like I think it's a pretty clear signal either way if he if they trade him then 24 is a wash and if they don't then they're serious about it Right. Yeah. I, I do feel like Verlander is a pretty big tipping point for me and yeah. how I feel about all of this. If they trade him, I'm kind of like, you've, that's it. You've officially punted 24 to me. Like, I'm sorry. But I like, because it's one thing to replace, like, like if you look at Max Scherzer, if you look at Max Scherzer's tenure as a Met, which we can talk about more, um, that's pretty good. If you look at Max Scherzer this year only, it's pretty easy to replace 4.5 ERA. Like you just need a Quintana type to replace that. And there will be those available, plenty of those. But Justin Verlander, if he keeps going like he's going and he looks like he's like kind of back, like, yeah, he had that one start where he walked six guys, but he's like been pretty good for a while now, like a solid month. If he's like actually pitching the way that he has been pitching, he's going to end up with like a 2.8 ERA and that doesn't grow on trees. Like that's not easy to find. I think he had like a one something ERA in July. Yeah, he's been really good this month. Really good. Um, Both him and Kodai. Kodai had unbelievable. Kodai's been incredible. In July he's about to be the ace of the staff. He is. <laughs> my preseason prediction is going to come true. Oh yeah, you're right, Linda. It totally is for reasons that you that we didn't necessarily think, but yes, <laughs> we got there a different way. But yes. um like i get having to retool like my head knows you have to retool you need prospect but at the same time i'm tired of worshiping at the church of the holy prospect like since david wright and jose reyes these are the two that are going to bring us to the promised land they did not matt harvey and noah syndergaard and michael conforto these are the prospects that'll bring us to the promised land they did not ahmed rosario and dominic smith definitely did not now pete alonzo did not now brett and francisco alvarez not 
So how many prospects are you not going to develop and to keep telling me, no, 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 we trust us. These guys that we got this time, they're the one. ignore all those other guys. These, these holy prospects are the ones that are definitely, definitely going to win us the World Series this time. Like, nobody can promise me that. I'd rather have stars on the big league team than these 18-year-olds. You don't know what they're going to be. Well, well, some I mean, of them will be David Wright. I mean, yeah, that's some the thing. Of them. And some of them will be Francisco Alvarez. And it's not... And, but some of them might be know. a Matt Rosario. You don't know? don't know how to develop. Well, I mean, well, that also, though, a Matt Rosario is now... In some regards, Francisco Lindor. And that's another thing that I hope the Mets are keeping their eye on, which is if they're raking in all these nice prospects right now, does that also put them in the position to to trade during the offseason? To to trade them for... Because that could open up another avenue if they're you know restocking. Obviously, like they also just need to not have an absolutely abysmal farm system. But if it can also help improve the 2024 roster that would be a positive thing yeah and in theory part of this new regime is the Mets getting better at player development which does not happen overnight but hopefully will at least they've been taking steps in the right direction you hope so that this next crop of guys is more likely to be the next Francisco Alvarez and they just hit on that more often than they have been um I mean they've done pretty okay um, I mean, the organization but... as a whole just seems to have taken a step back. None of the, like, the minor leagues are all struggling this year. It, it seems like there was no plan. And, you know, it's wild to me that Sandy Alderson openly complained about how non-major league ready Ahmed Rosario and Dominic Smith were when they got called up and did nothing to fix it. We're all trying to find the guy who did this. Yes, (laughs) and we're still here, and that was five years ago. (laughs) That was 2017 after the other sell-off. Yeah. um, I guess uh, we should talk a little bit about the return for Max Scherzer, so... Um, the return for Max Scherzer was Luis Angel Acuna, who is famously the bro- younger brother of Ronald Acuna. Now, um, his brother, he is not, <laughs> but he is a very good prospect. Uh, he is the Rangers' number two prospect, according to Baseball America. Um, and their number two is better than our number two. Yes, yes. That's the other thing. Everybody immediately becomes the Mets' number one prospect. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, that says that that speaks to how bad our farm is, right? Well, and like we and the recent farm, graduations as exactly. Well. The farm was very top heavy, and everyone that was at the top has graduated. So basically, there's like left down there is like Ronnie Mauricio and like Mike Vassell. As far as like guys that are just sitting there, just like, what do I have to do? As far as guys that are waiting before they call call the roster, do there need to be? (laughs) Um, so yeah, the the thing about the Mets system is that like Vargas and Acuna immediately become like two of the best prospects, if not the two best prospects in the system. Um, but Acuna is uh, much closer to the majors than Vargas. Vargas is like 18 years old or something. Um, Acuna could be pushing for the second base job like as soon as next season. He's in double A and raking. Um, and I know that uh, the the Rumble Ponies tweeted that he's been assigned there. So he's, he's going to be playing for double A in the Mets organization also. Um, but I feel like he could end up a triple A 
pretty soon uh if like maybe to start next season if he continues to hit well so that's a guy who's like almost major league ready who could help the team soon which is nice yeah and i guess this i mean but i'm not right i mean the Braves fans are already going they're like a randomly picking on Francisco Alvarez because he's not Sean Murphy when like I'm not ready for the Acuna brother tweets from the Braves fans I don't want them yeah <laughs> just I would them. just recommend mute muting and blocking honestly just, just enjoy the Acuna that we have because I mean like that's listen- like the one decent thing Twitter still lets us do is like block and mute the shit out of everybody exactly yeah. and like listen I mean like yeah, okay. He's the lesser Acuna. It's like, yeah, Ronald Acuna is like one of the best baseball players to like ever live. So I'll I'll just take a very good baseball player. Thanks. That's fine. Um so yeah, I mean, it's it's it still sucks. I like I guess like I um maybe I'm clouded my judgment a little bit. Like I was surprised when Scherzer got traded, how many Mets fans like shat on his tenure yeah. as a Met. I guess he, he has the Tom Glavin syndrome in a big way in the sense that like obviously the two biggest games he ever pitched as a Met he came up small in those games. Like there's no denying that that's what folks are a lot of folks are going to remember is the fact that he pitched poorly uh, in the Brave series that ended up deciding the division last season and he pitched poorly in the playoffs. That's absolutely true in the wildcard series against the Padres. That's absolutely true. But the man had a three ERA as a Met. That's pretty good. Um, and especially like at this stage of his career. And I think that a lot of people are forgetting that in 2022, they don't find themselves in the position of almost winning the NL East and it coming down to the last series of the season in the first place. If it wasn't for Max Scherzer, like he carried the rotation for a lot of that season, a lot of that season. That game against the Yankees too, that he pitched was unbelievable. Like when he struck out judge with like runners on to end his (sighs) night, like that was incredible. I think he shut them out where he pitched seven shutout innings or something, but I think he struck out judge like twice and it was awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Like I I don't want to pick on our amazing Avenue colleague Lucas, but uh, we did an emergency podcast about the Scherzer trade. Um, and we mostly discussed just the trade itself and the return and what it says about what the Mets out of like organizational outlook is, et cetera, et cetera. So we didn't talk much about Max Scherzer, Max Scherzer's Mets legacy, but Lucas called it one of the worst free agent acquisitions the Mets have ever made. And I just don't mm. agree. I, no, I, I said, actually, no. this is not Tom Glavin. I'm sorry. Like I, all the respect to Lucas. I like he's he's smart and he knows what he's talking about. And he like I respect his opinion, but I respectfully disagree with his opinion pretty strongly because I don't know, like, if he remembers that, like, the Mets signed Alejandro Deaza and, like, Adrian <laughs> Gonzalez. And, like, like listen, I know that the impact is not as great and, like, how much they were paying Max Scherzer compared to those guys. But, like, do you not remember how many bad free agent acquisitions? Jason well, Bay. Also, I think Jason Bay is the poster child. J- Jason here. Bay, literally James McCann, who they paid <laughs> a shit ton of money to be terrible. 
Like, and also, I, I think it bears mentioning that last season, Max Scherzer had a 2.29 ERA, which is really good. It's so good, in fact, that it was actually the lowest ERA of his entire career. Yeah. Like, I mean, on. I realized, like, that when push came to shove, when it counted the most, it did not work out. But it's it really, um, it, it seems very, like... Um, self-deceptive somehow to like go around saying like oh he was terrible with the Mets like no he had a really really good season that's a big part of what got them there he pitched exactly. like gangbusters almost the whole year and he ran out of gas it sucks but yep. this is this was not a failure and and on his way out the door he gave the Mets a pretty decent prospect I yeah I'm sorry I get like the the feels there i recognize that that like the feels about a pitcher i mean i would probably slap Tom Glavin in the face if i had an opportunity to <laughs> but like you know it's uh yeah no i i will think well max but that stuff said- doesn't uh sting as much if the mets uh didn't fail so often and it wasn't such Whoa. a rare opportunity for them yes. to be in the postseason yeah. you know and that's not yep. scherzer's fault <laughs> well and also as we've said earlier this year on this pod, how proactive, I don't know if that's the right word, but how supportive he's been of Alvarez and how we assumed he was the anonymous Met that told the organization not to send him back down in the beginning of the year. Like that makes a difference too. That really Developing Alvarez lot. is important. Yeah, it does. That leaves a lasting mark on the organization. Yeah. And and the way that he set an example for younger players in a lot of ways, like in in, in the sense of the labor negotiations for the CBA, yeah. he was like a big face of the Mets during that time. Um, and the way that he just especially last year um, when he was uh, when he was there and uh, really teaching the younger guys, the younger pitchers that the Mets had. Um, especially McGill and Peterson, who were obviously much better last year than this year. Um, I think a lot of their success last year can be attributed to to being around Scherzer and learning from him. And like um they they had that they always I, I will never forget last season when they always showed those like uh those little like taking them to class or like taking them to school sessions that Scherzer mm-hmm. would have with all the pitchers after like every start. Yes, yeah. Um he had he had a lasting impact on the Mets, and I think a positive one. And I I understand, like Maggie said, I understand why people are going to hyper focus on the big moments where he did not come up big. I get it. That's the way that that's just the way that sports fandom is, right? Like you remember the big moments, good or bad, um, and that's going to color what your legacy is. But I just I think that that's unfair. Um, to his legacy and I think that ultimately the impact that he had was positive but just just sad because it was fun having somebody who was you know cool like one of the stars of the game was on the Mets and of course they messed it up there's still a couple more of them on the Mets for now (laughs) for now and at least Max like at least we can kind of cheer for him yeah yeah it's not like, a, I mean, not like, you know, I mean, I, I care about David Robertson, but not like I'm going to 
follow him around to another team, but like the Marlins, the freaking Marlins. Yeah. Oh, but he'll be a free agent. So yeah, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's the only Mets can resign him. The Mets can resign him. If they and they want. should. And they should. should. He wants to be there. Yeah. yeah. They should give him a little bonus. Sorry we made you really <laughs> make you go away this season, but please come back. Yeah. Um, like you you retired to Miami for you for two months and now you can come back home. Like in the in the winter months, we'll give you he's a snowbird now, like a lot of other New Yorkers. <laughs> you go down to Miami and then you come back. Yeah, yeah. In the summer. <laughs> yeah. It makes me sad, and this is sort of like a transition to the final of the three trades that the Mets have made as of this recording. I think what breaks <sighs> my heart a little extra is like when these guys get traded when they clearly wanted to be here. Yeah. Like, I think that guys like, and I'm not trying to crap on him at all, but I think that guys like Tommy Pham know that they're hired hands, right? Like, they they know that they're just like a complimentary piece and they're here only for this year and like... It's like it's part of the business. And like fam has even given quotes like about how about how he's played has like increased his trade value. Like I, I think that fam is just that sort of guy. And that's fine. Like that's a fine philosophy to take. I'm not gonna begrudge a player for wanting to, you know, make the most out of his value. But like it makes me sadder when they trade guys who like clearly like wanted to be Mets and wanted to be in New York. Um, and I think Robertson was that I think Scherzer was that when he, you know, signed the big contract with the with the option also um, and 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 the no trade clause, which he had to waive. Um, and I think, you know, the third trade that the Mets made was Mark Hanna to the Brewers um, right before we started recording, like an hour before we started recording um, for right handed pitcher Justin Jarvis, which is the Brewers 30th, 30th best prospect per MLB pipeline. Um, and that that was uh, like, I know I understand again, like we have on, warning but on an expiring yeah. deal. Like the market is what it is. Uh, Billy Epler's taking advantage of the seller's market. I get it. I get it. But it's emotionally hard to swallow this one because I love Mark Hanna. <laughs> Well, did you see the Mike Puma tweet that said Mark Hanna didn't want to go? <laughs> he didn't want to go. He had an emotional conversation with Buck Walter about it because <laughs> he has a good relationship with Buck Walter. And this, like, I'm too much of a softie. This shit breaks my heart. <laughs> oh, he, he was my sad. dude. He was my, my he was dude. dude. Mark Hanna summer. Mark it's supposed Hanna to be summer. Mark Hanna summer. It will always be Mark Hanna Summer. I feel like Grandy on the like on the We Follow Lucas Duda uh, when Duda was leaving and Grandy wrapped his arms around him. Like that's me. Like no, yeah, that. Canna, the Canna trade feels a lot like those trades to me. It does. It yeah. feels a lot like the Duda and Granderson trades. Like, well, and I feel like both, like especially Canna, but also to some extent Scherzer. If it feels like they were here longer. It really yeah. does not feel like it was a year and a half. It feels like they've been a part of this team for a long time. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's the level of impact that they had. And that's, man, why it have to be Canna? Just for some 30th best prospect. Well, like, then, I get it. Which is probably going to be the Mets' like, third best prospect. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, like, I get it. I get he's not the player that he was. And, like, that's probably the return. And it's probably, like, a fair return. But, like, it's just, like... 
you you make me sad for the Brewers' thirtieth best prospect. Have you considered yeah. that I'm sad? Like, have you considered my feelings in all of this? Have you considered that this, the rest of this season is going to be unwatchable? <laughs> I know, I know, it doesn't matter, but like, ugh, it's just, uh, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Like, Canna was is such a fun player to root for. Like. One of the a perpetual like certified mensch by this podcast. Like yeah. he like he was one of the few players to like very openly and vocally embrace pride every year. Um he has the big league foodie stuff, which we love. Um and and is part of him embracing living in New York. He judged um, the pie contest at Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> He's just such a fun guy and like a good a good dude and i'm gonna miss having him on the team the vibes are so rancid without him around well, like even after they traded both roberts and ensures or people like the, their teammates were angry yeah i mean like we can talk about how you know what this means for and obviously like the verlander situation is still up in the air which is a big like sort of tipping point in this but like what this means about the future of the organization but regardless of what happens with verlander uh the other players are paying attention to this verlander has obviously given quotes about it um scherzer before he himself was traded talked about how he's gonna have to have a chat with the front office he like stormed and he's like we're gonna get to the bottom of this and he storms that he's like so is anybody on their way to texas (laughs) (laughs) um and like pete alonzo's giving quotes about like questioning the the future direction of the organization which is when you've lost pete you've lost the war which is not good when giant check at pete right now exactly that's that is like like the ultimate button to push like make people feel better about the team make everybody feel better make all of us feel better (laughs) give us the money in in the form of giving pete alonzo money like it's not good if Pete Alonso is like saying these things when he when you want to if you want to extend him like these are this is not the way to endear yourself to your franchise player that you want to extend. Like when Pete's using what he what the equivalent of his version of SAT words like perplexed, <laughs> you know, Pete's in a bad situation. He got that calendar, didn't he? Yeah, like, like Pete. One of the days, perplexed. <laughs> Pete broke out his thesaurus to give this <laughs> quote. Like that's not good, man. <laughs> no, no, um, he alone. Like and and yeah, and Brandon Nimmo and Francisco Lindor have also given like quote similar quotes too about this. Verlander um, did, so it yeah. seems like if he gets traded, he'll waive the no trade clause. Yeah, I think so. Well, and I think that's also one of those cases where he knows that he's the you know, canary in the coal mine too. He knows that like, if they want to trade him, it means that they're done for next year and he doesn't want to be here anyway. Right. If they don't trade him, then, right. then that is where he wants to be. It's, it's actually, it works out pretty well for him. I feel like. Yeah. yeah up until he gave that quote, I wasn't sure if he would be willing to waive his no trade or not, because obviously he, he said like, I'm committed here. I want to stay in New York. He did say that, um, or like earlier before the trades went down, um and and up until then i sort of did kind of like believe him because you know i said this during the emergency podcast like maybe verlander is less willing to you know wave his no trade because i mean sure this is true of scherzer also but like verlander's already 
done all the things. Like he's won rings. He has won Cy Youngs. Like he has done, he's achieved everything. And like, you know, there's something to be gravy stage of his career. (laughs) Exactly. There's something to be said for not wanting to uproot your family again. Um, you know, there's something to be said for that. And maybe maybe Verlander was at the stage where he was like, screw it. Like, I just want to stay here for a while. Like, I don't need to go chasing more rings. Um, whereas I feel like Max Scherzer, even though he's in a similar stage of his career and has accomplished all those things, um, I think he's got a little bit more of that competitive edge. Not to say all these athletes are competitive or they wouldn't be where they are. They wouldn't be the best at this. But like... Scherzer is a psycho, so <laughs> I could, like, he's going to try everything and go anywhere to get a ring. And also, um, now I'm also kind of pissed off because we all laughed at Jake saying that the Rangers were going to, you know, be good this year. And now here are the Mets trading Scherzer to the Rangers. I know, it makes, it makes us all look... of us laughed at the Rangers, I, I would did. just like to say. I did. I did I... not fuck with that energy. I did, and no. I look stupid now, so... Yes. And Jake looks good. I, mean, I feel pretty stupid. Well, now. I mean, except for like that he might never pitch again. Yeah, I mean, no. like it kind of does take the edge off that when you know <laughs> Degrom is hurt, very hurt. It, it would be really, like, oh, really oh. hard to watch the two of them win. Oh, I would have died. I would break things. Yeah, I would. I would just like I don't know. I think I would like go Aaron Rodgers and like live in a cabin in the woods. <laughs> like I would go into a hobbit hole for a month. Like I would just like, I might just the, do that anyway. It actually sounds really nice. Like the yeah. last time I the last time I wanted to do that was when it was the Phillies Yankees World Series. I just oh, wanted to like oh. I was like, I am just going to straight up uh, that I was in college at that time and I was like, I'm just gonna straight up not leave my room for a week is yeah. what's gonna happen here. Cause I got like every other day someone was like, Haha, which team are you rooting for? And I'm like, the asteroid, leave me alone. <laughs> um and that's how I would feel about that this postseason for different reasons uh if if it was like jacob de and max scherzer pitching for the range i would just simply want to disappear and die yeah i'd walk That's into it. the ocean yeah straight into the ocean and just contemplate life yep. like what got me to this point all my life choices getting me to that point of staring at i the would ocean. i would simply yeah i really would consider like ralph waldo emersoning myself <laughs> into a cabin and just like no internet no nothing just hang it out pretending <laughs> that baseball is not real baseball well, is not real it write, can't hurt me you could become a, a famous author <laughs> maybe you could yeah. use that time maybe i'll get struck by the genius uh, <laughs> i'll break out at my thesaurus and write things like perplexed perplexed <laughs> um win and win a pulitzer <laughs> um anyway perpy so those are the trades that have been completed as of this recording. I should, I feel like I should get down to <laughs> the minute. It is refreshed. nine. Six- let me like, let me just double check. Hold on. Hitting refresh. Yeah. yeah we got all, any alerts. <laughs> all right. Before I put a timestamp on it. Nine sixteen. It is nine sixteen PM on Monday, July 31st. Those are the things that have happened. This will become obsolete tomorrow. Um, still possibly to be traded now. Um, I think Tommy Pham is obviously the most likely. We had said that Robertson and Pham were the most likely to be traded at the beginning because they were rental players and they were performing well, blah, blah, blah. Hired hands. Very easy to trade those guys. Um, 
Uh, uh, Adam Ottavino is receiving some interest, as is Brooks Raley. If they trade all those relievers, God, the bullpen is going to be a living nightmare. Oh, my God. Uh, Closer Grant Hartwig? I don't (laughs) freaking know. Oh, God. Sam Coonrod? Is he coming back? Sam Coonrod is on rehab assignment. That's a thing. I mean, dare I say, sure. Chirp, 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 Joey Lucchese closer. Let's do it. <laughs> do it. I mean, do it. Though, I think like that is one of the fun things is if they do just like go all out, everyone's gone then and things get kind of weird. And that's always fun. Yeah. I mean, Mike yeah. Vassell might just get promoted. Like, I don't know. Um, Why not? I mean, we all we know we already know that David Peterson's probably back in the rotation. So that's, that's no. unseen. No. Um, and if another and Verlander is obviously also on this list of guys who still might be traded. Uh, the latest rumor is that the Dodgers have shown interest, as have the Orioles. Which side note is very funny because so the next uh, the next game that Verlander is lined up to pitch is Saturday. The, the Mets are playing the Orioles at Camden Yards. I will be in attendance. And so I made a tweet that was like, oh, my God, like I, I was pl- I was going to see Justin Verlander and now I'm seeing Tyler McGill instead. And it's almost like the universe like shot back like, oh, you're going to see Justin Verlander. He's just going to be pitching against the Mets. <laughs> and Ooh. I just feel like that would Monkey's be the paw. that would be the funniest outcome. And like I would be cry laughing. And therefore, that is the outcome that I am just pretty much banking on. Like that, I, I, I expect nothing less than for Justin Verlander to get traded to the Orioles and for me to be sitting my butt in that seat at Camden Yards watching him pitch against the Mets. That's 100 percent what's happening. <laughs> And it's going to be awful. It's going to be like a seven to nothing. Like, Oregon oh, yeah, game. sure is. I mean, I because... saw Max Scherzer throw a no hitter against, oh, the, against Mets. the Mets. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually it was nice. They had already clinched that year. So it was blanket giveaway day. It was all fine. It was nice to see someone pitching really good. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because why aren't like none of the Mets starters in anyway? Yeah, no, because they clinched. It was yeah. it was a nothing game. But so, yeah, it was it was like the best ever seeing your team get no hit. Yeah. Well, yeah. I saw Max Scherzer's last game of the month. Well, there you go. I saw Jason Vargas's last game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm amazed that you remember that. I am too. I do. I remember it. Edwin Diaz got the save, and he was like actually really shaky in that game, but he like pulled it out. Um, yeah. Simple times, man. I was eating the well, the like pizza cupcakes during that. I remember. <laughs> That happened. Um, yeah, I guess like we should dedicate like a little time to like what the Mets are doing like on the field. I suppose maybe a little. Um, so they're fine. Like, yeah, this is and fine. Eaten dingers again, which is cool. The Mets have like actually been playing pretty well in the month of July. Uh, it's not well enough to make up the ground. Like the the wide chasm that they have opened between june. themselves and contention it was june it was uh, i mean it was yeah. may and june it was yeah. like it, it hadn't was, been good for a while yeah yeah so but i mean, I mean june was extra bad i mean the thing is at this point though what you want is you want them to be good because all the guys who aren't going to be here next year are gone roughly and what's left are the people who will be here next year. And if you want to feel good about 2024, you've got to end on a strong note. And I mean, at least like it's only a few games, but so far so good. Yeah, but I mean, I can't. I mean, you're telling them this season's over. 
So I don't know how much longer is that going to last. Like, they're not really going to get up for, like, Mets Royals. Ooh, it's a lot of guys who are fighting for a place next year. Yeah. A lot of young guys who, yeah. you know, I mean, Mark Vientos is fighting for a lot more yeah. than, I mean, <laughs> to be fair, Mark Hanna would have been. You know. And we'll probably get to see Mauricio. We might just get to see like some Luke Voigt content. Like that <laughs> might just happen, like, which is fine. But that's what I'm saying. Weird baseball is the other thing that we get. He's just gonna like not wear a shirt and it's gonna be fine. Like, sure. Luke Voigt. Let's do it. Yeah, just uh, unbutton it all, man. You like, I don't even know. So I guess it's I guess that the answer is Ronnie Mauricio in theory, but I'm like, who is even going to play the outfield now? Because Starling Marte is still on the intro list. Uh, Brandon Nimmo, Brandon Nimmo, and and I guess I guess McNeil? you're gonna put McNeil in there. It's gonna be in there almost every day. Yeah. probably your best. Oh my god, we're getting Danny Mendick like all the time. Oh <laughs> my god. Oh holy crap. Oh, it's so bad. It hurts. Guillaume's it... not coming back. Anytime. Yeah, no, Guillaume like might be done for the yeah, year. yeah. Um, which is rough scenes because he would have been playing every day. So we can't think well, of, can Mauricio play second? Yeah, I suppose he can. I mean, I but I think that they're trying to get him to play the outfield, so he might play the outfield, which was what I was thinking. And we're gonna get a lot of like DJ Stewart happening. Oh. I mean, I'll put it this way: look, if there is any chance in hell Ronnie Mauricio can play one of the spots that they've got open now, he's gonna do it. I mean, they uh, they have to promote him now, right? Yeah, they. I mean, it's just the roster is just full of gaping holes now. <laughs> yeah, it's Swiss cheese at this point. I mean, yeah, I I think Marte is pretty close to like because I I assume he's just gonna because he almost didn't go on the injured list to begin with, so I assume he's gonna be on there for the minimum, and I think it's almost up. I don't actually know. I haven't been. I feel like he was due to come back, but his partner was due to have a baby, so that's why. Oh he yeah, that is right. That is true. He might be. Oh, I guess it depends on going her, straight too. on the paternity yeah. list. So that depends on the timing of that. So we'll see. We, we're going to get some interesting outfield combinations, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Brandon Nimmo and company. Um, <laughs> Brandon Nimmo and friends. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be real good. It's, um, that, it's that like little dinosaur meme, all my friends are dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so sad. Give him a lot of money. All Steve. my friends are dead. Oh. I know you're listening. Just give him a whole bunch of money and everyone will feel better. Yeah. I, ugh. Um... Yeah, and so on the pitching side, kind of already mentioned that obviously David Peterson's going to be back in the rotation, but uh, it's going to be rough because the back end of that rotation now is Carlos Carrasco and David Peterson, and Carlos Carrasco looks real bad. bad. Real bad. And now you have no bullpen on top of it. So if they only last three innings, you're getting more bullpen every night, and the bullpen's gone. Saturday's game was truly a cast of characters and and to the bullpen's credit they held it down until they the very end until Grant Hartwig gave up those tack on runs but it was like I was like well this they is what awful. it's <laughs> this is what it's just gonna be now like Carlos Carrasco is gonna throw like two or three innings and then it's gonna be <laughs> Reed Garrett Trevor <laughs> got <laughs> like this is what is happening now <laughs> Dominic Leone AI generated baseball roster bullshit yeah it's just it's gonna be really bad 
and potentially get even worse if Verlander's traded. Then we're getting like some. Then we're get. Then we're getting either Tyler McGill or definitely some Churv action in there. Churv should just get Churv. called up anyway. Yeah, put him in the bullpen for God's sakes. Let him be I mean, they're gonna tra- if they trade out of Eno or Rayleigh and Verlander, then like they, like they don't have anybody else. Like they, have, I guess Sam Coonrod's gonna come off rehab assignment and join the Motley crew that we have now. Oh. I would actually go. Peterson has been decent-ish in the bullpen. I know, so and they're just going to put him back in the rotation. No, I would keep him in the bullpen, the but mayor. they yeah. don't have anybody else. Bring up the turf and leave bullpen of Peterson in the bullpen. He's been better yeah, I mean, in the I feel bullpen. Like that's got to be a, it, it's, that's the clear move if you're thinking about 24. You've got to find out if he can pitch well in the bullpen, because you know he can't do it in the rotation. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, he can if he's 2022 David Peterson. That's, like, perfectly adequate. But no, if 2023 David Peterson is is David Peterson, then that's not rosterable as a starting pitcher. And then, of course, as chaos is happening, McGill throws a good game the other day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that'll improve his, like, whatever, 10 ERA he's been carrying in AAA. (laughs) Like, it went down to, like, six. (laughs) Okay, cool. That's what Carlos Carrasco's ERA is now, by the way, 6.4 for the season. <laughs> for the season. But in July, the, the collective ERA of the Mets was the lowest it had been all season. It was like 3.5. Yeah, no, they've pitched, I mean, outside of outside of Carrasco, they've pitched very well, like as a, as a whole. Really, they have. Like this yeah. past week, it really was just, this past week, it really was just Carlos Carrasco got bombed. And Grant Hartwig had that one Ooh. really bad inning too. That and and it happened in the same game. And I had to it. recap that game Ugh. after I was at the game the night before. My train was delayed going home. I got home late. I had to work the next day, and then I had to recap the game. And the game had a rain delay. I was heated. <laughs> I was like Grant Hartwig. That's so then, much karma for that. That's a series of unfortunate events, if I have ever heard one. I was so mad Dude. at Grant Hardwick. I know. I mean, bless his heart. I'm sure he's doing like he's doing his best. But oh, my anger. Yeah, I mean, I he had been pitching well before this week. Well, then Everyone's I also, entitled to a bad week. So. Yes, and I also got irrationally angry at the and um, Vientos and Alvarez because we just stopped scoring. I need to write the recap. <laughs> they did almost come back and and try to win that game, except uh, Grant Hartwig has, uh, ensured yeah. that that did not occur. Yeah, um, so yeah, so I mean, bad. like. Outside of those two really bad performances in that one game, they pitched really well the whole rest of the week. Even in the other game, they lost. Like, Jose Quintana pitched fine. It's just that they yeah. got shut down by Carlos Rodon, and that's whatever. Quintana's um, totally fine when I'm third guy. Like, I have no issues with him. He's been good so far. Um, hopefully, he can continue to build on that. It might be a small, bright spot for the rest of this garbage dump of a season. Um, yeah, so... That's where the Mets are at. Uh, it's not a fire sale, but it might be fire sale. It's a fire sale. sale. <laughs> it's a oh fire. my god, we're having sale. a fire sale. sale. <laughs> um, title of the podcast, by the way. Yes. Uh, so we will uh, briefly before uh, moving on to walk off wins, we will briefly cover sort of the trade deadline news from around baseball, which is this is all like I I put together these show notes this morning and I feel like 18 more trades have happened since I even put this together. This is like somewhat 
outdated. Uh, but I know so the Angels, who are four games back in the AL wild card, um, said that they are not trading Shohei Otani. Um, and instead they bought uh acquiring CJ Cron and Randall Grichik from the Rockies, which good for the Angels. That's that's what that's what should be happening. Um you know what? It's what should be happening. And no disagreement here. Yeah. Um, and with uh, their closer, Jordan Romano, uh, on the injured list, the Blue Jays traded for Jordan Hicks from the Cardinals. Uh, so the Cardinals are also kind of in fire sale mode like the Mets. They are it feels similar. great. Yeah, it does feel good. Uh, at least Great, Cardinals. Because <laughs> the, the Padres haven't really sold anything because the Padres don't really have things to sell. All their good players are, like, locked up in, like, long-term deals. So... Um, but yeah, the, the Cardinals, the Cardinals are not trading Nolan Arenado, they said, but they have traded other pieces. They traded Jordan Romano. Like I said, they also traded Jordan Montgomery to the Rangers who are apparently stockpiling those arms in Jacob deGrom's absence and are really going for it. God bless. Um, I still, I like, maybe it's, maybe it's bad karma for me to say this since I laughed at them last time, but I, I'm sorry. I, I, I still don't believe in them. I don't think I don't either. No, Yeah. I mean, anything can happen. I don't care. Sure, anything can happen. Yes, yeah. I will look like an idiot once again when the Rangers win the World Series. Mark it down. Nah, I mean, you, you, can, you can say that like that doesn't seem very likely and not look like an idiot if it it's true. Because like I don't buy that they are happen. real. That probably won't. Just like I'm, I don't buy the Marlins either. No, the Marlins. Oh no, no the Marlins. Jeez, are no. felony frauds. I do yeah. not buy either of those. I mean, I think the Rangers are better than the Marlins. Fake they news, are, yeah. Marlins. Yeah, no, I just don't buy any of that. Um, and now I'm literally, uh, that was, th- that was the situation around baseball as of like this morning when I did the, these show notes. Also the Giants traded for two players that I would have bet cash money they already had. <laughs> <laughs> AJ Pollock, <laughs> uh, and Mark Mathias from the Seattle I read Mariners. that headline like three times thinking it was the other way around. Uh, the Seattle Mariners also in cell mode, uh, also sold o- old friend, Paul Seawald. Uh, is he an old friend because he was like bitter, bitter. yeah well friend of me I guess uh, <laughs> yeah. friend to me I'm fine with I have nothing against Paul Seawald <laughs> he'll be with Paul Seawald uh, yeah he he uh, he has been traded to the Arizona Diamondbacks who that's a good trade because they really really need uh, bullpen help uh, and, yeah they got yeah. swept by the Mets mm-hmm. literally it's true the they Mets. did get swept by the Mets embarrassing for them yeah um, they need to reevaluate some things and the and uh, the Nationals did trade their one parentheses one trade chip, uh, Candelario, to the Cubs uh, for well, a Ali, couple this prospects. This seems so strange for the Cubs. I don't know. The Cubs are in it. They think they are. They won like eight in a row. So well, Strowman just got bombed and Ooh. like really really bad. So. I don't know if because I now remember that they were thinking of training him. So I don't know what's going to happen with Strowman now. Over his last seven stars, he's given up a total of 30 earned runs in 30 innings. Yikes. He had a good start, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, not my problem. Good nope. luck. That's a Cubs problem now. <laughs> Cubs problem. <laughs> Um, oh, I did just see a tweet from Andy DeComo that I missed earlier, I guess, was which is that Starling Marte did travel with the Mets to Kansas City uh, and sure. said that he should be able to return any day. So he <laughs> we're replacing um, Arcana with Starling Marte. 
<laughs> who was on the injured list. So there we go. Hopefully he comes back in time to play. Um, so yeah, uh, that is, I think those are, I think I covered the major deals that have happened so far. Obviously we still got one more day left more to come probably from the Mets, maybe from other teams. We'll see. Um, in the meantime, the only other bit of like wider baseball news that I wanted to cover this week is that, uh, Rob Manfred's contract was extended as baseball commissioner. Uh, yeah, because he's good at being baseball commissioner, which is do whatever the owners say and provide them cover at all turns and keep himself busy with dumb little projects that won't get in the way of them making a bunch of money. Congratulations, he will, Rob. He will now be baseball commissioner through January 2029. That's so long. That's so long. <laughs> God. Jesus, uh, is he a freaking senator? Uh, term limits now. <laughs> yeah, come on. Literally, the owners are literally the only ones who are happy about this. And they're the only ones whose opinions matter. Matter. Uh, Boo. Boo <laughs> the system. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it, it, it is like Maggie said, like he's he's getting this extension because he's very good at being baseball commissioner. And ultimately, I think his legacy, which I think is what he wants, is that it is going to be these like rule changes are going to be a big part of it. He like he like shortened the he like addressed the p- pace of play issue. Like that's going to be like a big part of his legacy as commissioner. Um which, but that doesn't cancel sure. out all the other really, really bad things that's happened under his watch. Oh, no, not at all. None of it. Yeah. It's all terrible for, like, people. Yeah. <laughs> I had an interesting conversation with uh, someone recently. I was introduced to uh, a colleague by, who I didn't know before by another colleague who I did know. And the colleague who I knew introduced me as, like, the resident, like, baseball fan <laughs> at my place of work. Uh, you know, the reputation follows you. Um, and so, and the and the colleague I was being introduced to is not um, not born in America. Um, and she said, like, oh, I really want, I like, I like baseball. I really want to like it. But it's really complicated to, like, follow uh, like he, she was like, there are so many rules and they change them all the time. And I was like, I had to like, <laughs> oh, yeah, hold that back sounds like so, us. I had to hold back so much inside of me because I was like, yes, you have no idea like how much, how much you're right. <laughs> There's so many rules and they change them all the time. I was like, yeah. I mean, oh, freaking- <laughs> well, there you go. There's proof that Manfred is, you know, not bringing in fans and driving away fans. With Alienating potential new fans because, you yep. know, she, her, her favorite sport, like much of the world is soccer. You know, whose sports rules have stayed the same forever? Soccer. <laughs> Yeah, Literally, there's like two rules in soccer, and they and they have always been the same. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like I mean, like you know, obviously your enjoyment may vary. I'm not saying everyone should be a soccer fan, and some people don't enjoy that style of sport, and that's fine. Um, but you can't argue that it's not that it's difficult to understand the way baseball is. It is very easy to understand. It has a lot soccer. to offer for the back in my day crowd contingent. Yes. Yes. 
It's very like it, there's like two there's like three rules in soccer basically. Don't touch the ball with your hands unless you're the goalkeeper. Offside, which is the one rule that needs explaining. You explain it to someone the first time they watch a soccer game one time and then they understand it. It's always the same. And three, like like basically like don't like foul. Like don't like aggressively foul people. Don't what's a foul is very easy to spot. Like don't like slide tackle someone when they're nowhere near the ball. Don't shove someone over with your hands. <laughs> like very easy to tell what's a foul in soccer. Um, so yeah, but and yeah, I just found it interesting that that was a conversation I had with someone like literally the other day. The rules are so complicated and they change them all the time. Yes, as a matter of fact, they do. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's the perception that's out there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of other things that have happened under Rob Manfred's tenure, but most of them are not good. Um, at least the rule changes, they, like, they have their advocates, uh, and some people view it as a positive, so, you know. But <laughs> most of the rest of the stuff is pretty universal negative, unless you're a billionaire who owns a baseball team. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Uh, see you again when we talk about this in 2029. All right. Uh, but we will end this, uh, what has otherwise been a pretty dreary podcast, uh, with walk-off wins, where each of us talks about something that is making us happy this week, baseball-related or otherwise. Linda Cerovich, what is your walk-off win for this week? Well, I wanted to say the game on Friday, but now it makes me sad. I didn't yeah. know I was seeing Max Scherzer's last game as a man. Don't let him take it away from you, Lynn. Because the last time I saw Max Scherzer pitch at City Field, it was Max Scherzer against Logan Verrett, and it was awful. <laughs> Murphy had like two home runs. Harper had a home run. Then Antonio Bastardo came in to relieve Verrett. And now was- there's a guy to remember, Antonio Bastardo. <laughs> oh, I was so miserable. <laughs> Put that on your immaculate grids, folks. Yes. Antonio Bestardo, if you need a betting pie right there, you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was like, oh, so now I can actually root for him because I hadn't seen him at all as a Met. So I was like, now I can actually, you know, get behind him and root for him and actually be happy this time. And he pitched well. And I was happy. And now it's gone. <laughs> but um, Maggie, as you pointed out, we did get our Backstreet Boys as the eighth inning sing-along. Which I we- voted for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. So we, I, that made me very happy. Uh, we got our Backstreet Boys. Pete hit his two home runs. Yeah, so- two home runs for Pete's pretty fun. Yeah, so that was really can't, fun. Can't taint that. No, no. Don't take that away from me. Um, so yeah, Pete, and one was like right over our heads because it went like we were in the outfield and then it went like over and then up. Um, so we'll, like, like you see the ball, like, and it's really shooting out here. And it's like, whoa, it's <laughs> like, you can tell when it's coming right at you that, well, yeah, that one's got a chance. Um, so that was fun. Um, and then after the game, they played L.A. Woman, and so I heard Mojo rising, and I just sat down and started to cry. <laughs> because I have so many good memories of that 1999 team, and hearing it again at the stadium just uh, brought back so many memories. Um, so I was really happy. Then they played Taking Care of Business after that. Um, so I guess they just played, like, all their old school, like, 
victory songs. Um, and CSO was really, it was nice until it wasn't. And that was, was that my first game this year? No, it was my second game this year. I'm 2-0 and in games this year. And a season that's where they've lost a lot. I've seen two wins, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take that. Um, but my other off off win is I have to shout out one of our podcast listeners who is also going to the Paris Olympics next year and reached out and messaged me. Um, so about this Facebook group about you know planning the Paris Olympics, and so from that Facebook group, I found out that they were having a surprise sale of tickets since it was exactly one year from the Olympics. And I was so sad I didn't get beach volleyball the first time because it was all sold out um, by the time I had a chance to buy the first time. And so then I randomly logged on to Facebook like early in the morning and I saw everybody saying, oh, I got my tickets, I got my tickets. And I was like, no, because there, since Paris is so far ahead, I thought there would be nothing left. And I thought I missed out on this surprise sale. So I randomly logged on and I saw beach volleyball was available. So I was like, oh my God, I got to got to get a beach volleyball. So I got beach volleyball. Um, and the venue is at the Eiffel Tower. It looks, oh my God, it looks incredible. Like the, the stadium is like literally there. And then the tower is right in the back. I was like, oh my God, that looks so cool. And like beach volleyball was always one of my favorite summer sports, summer Olympic sports. And um, so now, and I followed the, the, one of my favorite teams is the Norwegian um, men's volleyball team. Cause seeing it played at the highest level is so cool. So now I got both my volleyballs. I got court volleyball originally, and now I have my beach volleyball. So I'm I'm very super pumped about that. So and, and either way, I'm getting to see the Eiffel Tower now because it's literally right there. So that's my my better walk off win that is still making me happy, and nobody can take that one away from me. Try, I dare you. <laughs> no, it won't be taken away. Don't worry. No, and if I get to see my Norwegians, that'll make me even happier because one of them is a doppelganger for Brandon Nimmo. And oh, every very time nice. I'm, I'm scrolling Instagram, seeing like, wait, is that Nimmo? That seems not surprising, just based on my knowledge of what Nimmo looks like. Yeah. <laughs> if you plopped him northern. in Norway, I think he would yeah. blend in at least at least visually. The second yeah. he opened his mouth, he would not blend in. Gorsh. Gorsh. <laughs> Like, what country are you from? (laughs) Maggie Wigan, what is your walk-off win for this week? Okay, I've had a lot of weeks lately where the walk-off wins have been kind of, like, hard to pick out. But this week, I was at a family reunion in the Poconos with just an enormous number of people who are very lovely. It's my in-law's family, um, and... There are like 38 people at the reunion this year, which sounds insane, but it's actually a lot more manageable than if it was like 15, where people would like notice if you weren't there or um, have like group activities planned. No, this is just like we become a tiny little town for a week and everybody just kind of like does their own thing. And it's lovely. And we had uh the house was right on the beach and we could stick our feet in any time and my son would get shoved off by his nine girl cousins get shoved off the the pier repeatedly into the water that was great there was also a pool a lovely pool um and there was a beach where they dug a hole that lasted the entire week 
they went horseback riding. Like, really? Like, riding a horse for a long time. I thought it was just going to be around the farm. But no, we rode that horse in a row for like an hour. It was great. And we went to a water park, a really nice outdoor water park. Montage Mountain was the name of it. And I highly recommend. Very small and manageable, but a lot, a lot of fun. Um, we rode a really cool train through a very pretty valley. Um, and that was just like, that's just the stuff that I could think of off the top of my head. So I got like a whole lot of walk-off wins this week. Like each one of those gets to be its own walk-off win. Wait, was it one of those old steam trains? It was actually a diesel. I could oh. tell you a little bit more about it. Some okay. of the coaches dated back to the steam era. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it is the, the the vibes. Yes. Okay. The vibes. <laughs> I've, heard also, of, I've heard of those types of like train rides in the mountains. I'm like, oh, was oh, it yeah. the old school, like old timey ones? It had big old timey vibes for okay, sure. Good. Okay. Good. Amazing. <laughs> Love that. See, I did all right. The Poconos are awesome. It was um, great. It was cool. Oh my god, the weather! It was like eighty degrees every oh, day. Yes. Oh, perfect. Love that. Um. Yeah, I'm missing. I'm missing the San Diego weather. Something fierce, right? Now. Mm. <laughs> um. So, uh, my walk off win is is blue related. My dog. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um. So there were a couple of like blue moments this uh this past week or so that that are fun uh that are that make up my walk off win. The main one being that she graduated basic obedience training. She has Aww. a little certificate in everything. Um, so I'm very proud of her, even though she actually saved her worst behavior for exam day. But we don't talk about that. She was like a really well behaved dog in every class leading up to the exam day, which she decided she was like in goblin mode. She's testing anxiety is real. It, it is. is. It is. She did the behaviors after like, you know, a couple of attempts and it was fine. It was one of those like, yep, everyone gets a certificate. It's a pass fail situation and she passed, but maybe she got like a C plus, but it's fine. She did a good job and she knows the things and she's very good at picking up on new uh, new commands. Uh, she's very smart. Um, and uh, we also, uh, this is more like, I don't know, it, it is a walk-off win, but it's just kind of like more of like an interesting thing because I'm a nerd and I'm a geneticist. So of course and I had walk to get- off, hmm, if Walk you off, hmm. hmm. Uh, of course, I'm a geneticist, so I had to get the DNA tests done on my dog because you gotta. Um, and we got her results recently and they were just really interesting. She's just, she predictably, she is like a mix of like pretty much every dog imaginable. The 1% Chihuahua sent me into outer space. I laughed so hard at that. Um, <laughs> big um, oops on nature's behalf right there. <laughs> I, I did a pretty good job predicting. I like, I missed, I, I wasn't, uh, I, I was slightly off, but I, everything I did say that I thought she was mixed with is in there. It's just not as big a chunk of her DNA as I thought. I had guessed that she would be a shepherd lab mix. She is a, a big chunk shepherd um, between German shepherd, Swiss shepherd, Swiss white shepherd, and uh, Australian shepherd are all Swiss in Swiss white shepherd is also Brandon Nemo's nickname. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um and uh and she is five percent Labrador retriever, but uh but she is a big percent uh pitbull and and staff and staffy which uh i will give credit to our amazing avenue colleague thomas henderson who called that he he was like uh, i told him we were doing the dna uh test on the dog and he was like she's a pit 
And I was like, oh, no. And he was like, she's Pitbull. And I was like, oh, OK. And he's right. It, that is actually the predominant part of her mix. She's, so she's when people ask me now uh, when I'm giving the short answer, I'm just going to say a Pit Shepherd mix, which is most of what she is. Uh, and then she's like small and 100% percentages. perfect. Yes. yes. And then a small percentage of a bunch of other stuff. She's got like <laughs> chow chow and like I said, chihuahua <laughs> and a couple of like types of dog I've never even heard of. How before. does that even happen? Because dogs. When a dog have- and another dog <laughs> have extremely strong natural urges. <laughs> yeah, because dogs uh, are are strays in a lot of places and just, you know. Love the one you're with, Lynn. Love the one you're with. That's true. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the nerdy, the nerdy thing is the nerdy thing I will say uh, in that regard is that like, since she is like a la- like a large she's a large enough percentage pit bull that like probably one of her grandparents was like a purebred pit bull and then like she's a large enough percent german shepherd for example that probably one of her great grandparents was like a purebred german shepherd but then everything else is so mixed that like all her other like grandparents and great grandparents were probably also mixed breeds like you have to go back further to find what the purebred was in the line. She's a beautiful mess. Yeah, a beautiful love mess. It. And we love her. Yeah. It's it's interesting. It almost made me want to like get my uh my dog in grad school cricket, um, who's who's still alive and lives with my roommate uh from grad school. We got her DNA tested uh from the same company, uh Wisdom Panel. They're great. Um, we got her DNA tested like, you know, in 2014 when we got her and (laughs) that was like far less informative. It was like one of her great grandparents was a collie and one of her grandparents was a boxer. Other than that, she is too mixed to tell. And we were (laughs) like, wow, geez. And like, we thought she would be, we thought she would be part Aussie Shepherd because she's like very like speckly looking. Uh, but no, and, and got, and like, she's long haired and fluffy, kind of like a golden. Uh, but no. Uh, none of that, but I almost like think the technology is just so much better now, and they're able to detect such smaller amounts of certain breeds. Uh, they're just using more markers now, so I almost like want to retest her and see if you could like. I'm sure that the technology has evolved enough in almost a decade that they they could probably find out more about her than we learned like almost a decade ago. That'll be cool. It's, it's not like. Because um, my sister and my parents have all done ancestry, and as the technology develops, they like update it. They don't do that for dogs. Yeah, they do. Um, so I don't know if I don't know if we could log back in. I don't even remember our login for that. Uh, I don't know if they update like the old records. Maybe yeah. They do. Um, but the uh, the other cool thing that they do now with dogs that I don't think they did before, at least they didn't do with Cricket, and maybe it's partially because she was too mixed to tell, is that they do identify relatives. So I know now that Blue has a sister who Aww. lives in Washington, D.C. Oh, isn't that cute? So I'm trying to like, I know I'm like on a mission now. I don't know this person. Doggy adoption. Yeah, I, I don't know this. I don't know this dog or its owners, but I'm determined to find find them this is a a movie somebody needs to make this movie Greta Gerwig get on it it's really interesting because like uh she like she came from like she she we adopted her from a rescue that pulls you know dogs from high kill shelters in the south 
So she's like she came up from the South Carolina shelter. And as far as I know, and I'm pretty sure this is right, when she came up from the shelter, like she didn't have litter mates that came up with her. So this sister who also lives in the same city, like somehow, I guess, was pulled by a different rescue or something, maybe. Um like they didn't come from the same rescue organization because, you know, oftentimes the rescue organizations will have a litter of puppies and they'll adopt out all of them to different families. And usually those people, it'll be easier for them to connect with each other because they all adopted from the same rescue. Uh, but that is not the case with Blue. Like she did not have litter mates with at with her at the at the rescue. So I don't know who this sister is or where she came from. It <laughs> was very interesting. And I just want to see her. I want to yeah. see if she looks yeah. anything like blue at all. Cause dogs are like, Oh my God. Like they could look complete. They could be litter mates and look completely different from each other. Cause they're mixed with so many things. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Anyway, that's, that's my side diversion. My walk off win is that my dog is very good and she's cute. I love her. And I'm so glad that we, that she's in our lives. Um, yeah so that does it for the show this week um you can find all of our pods at homerunapplesauce.com if you want to support our work you can go to patreon.com slash homerunapplesauce you can follow homerunapplesauce on all the social medias twitter and instagram at hrapplesauce you can follow this show on Twitter and Instagram and Blue Sky and TikTok <laughs> at a pod of their own. You can follow each of us on Twitter. I am at Petite PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Servage. And, and I am on Blue Sky now, too. Yes, Linda. We got Linda on Blue yes, Sky. Thank you, Maggie. <laughs> Yay. So all three of us are also on Blue Sky now. I, I think all three of us have our same handles on yes. Blue Sky yes. that we had on Twitter. Okay, good. It's very easy. Yes. And I will start posting there soon. Yes. Um, and you are Maggie? At Maggie162 on all the sites. Beautiful. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Please rate and review the show. It really helps people find it. The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there's no crying in it.